0: Ladies and gentlemen of the History Voyager, I am with Kyler Merrill, who is the... I guess, are you the editor or the author? How do you uh, tell yourself?
1: Um, I am... Of this, I'm the... This project, Fletcher Cross, the Multiverse Weights, I'm the editor, and I did some of the writing for it, but I didn't do the whole thing. It's an anthology, so I kind of helped curate it, I guess. I don't know.
0: All right. So, okay, without giving too terribly much away uh you're doing a kickstarter for a basically a a graphic novel anthology what do you call it
1: uh just a comic book anthology graphic novel whatever you want to call it but it is an anthology and um you know that just means that it's several short stories but ours is a little bit different than most in that it's um each chapter, and this is something I haven't really seen a lot before, in at least in comics or in much of anything, but it's it's featuring an original character that me and my friend Derek Crow Crow created, and uh, called Fletcher Cross, and it's kind of inspired by like retro nineteen fifties sci fi comics, and then um, just the episodic kind of style that they were in, and so each chapter tells its own story, but also if you read the whole thing all together, it, there's also a full arc at least we hope that that comes across because we spent a lot of time trying to make sure that whole thing but yeah it's just this 1950s character fletcher cross he's he's his cocky engineer he steals his this machine the dimensionalizer and he feels like he deserves the credit for it and so he takes it and it goes haywire and sends him all across the multiverse and he ends up in you know on alien planets in um world war ii and all these different times everywhere times places everything crazy situations where Mm -hmm. toddlers are you know the main people and so there's wacky sorts of things going on (laughs) so I mean like I said he goes all over the place but I do think that it's something new that I haven't seen before and I think it does tell a pretty good interesting story
0: okay uh, the different I guess the different comic books inside the anthology (sighs) they um they seem to have a different style I don't uh, like a black and white, but also there was like one that had like a pulpy style and there was one that had there was several that were very very polished.
1: yes, um we okay. we just um, and that was something that took a lot of work on my part too because when I when we were first thinking about this, I really wanted everything to be in a, you know, a, I say golden age, silver, a retro kind of style that kind of look to it. And mm-hmm. a couple of the uh, the artists, well, first of all, we had, um, we have over 20 different people involved. And we have um, myself and my co editor, Derek Crow, we each wrote two, two chapters, plus a couple minute, small ones in, in between. But we, we ended up bringing in about, I think eight other writers. And then we brought in, I think 12 or 13 artists. And so each one of them at first, I was having a hard time and wanting to make sure that they all stuck to a specific style, but, and tried to all make it have that same look. But at some point I was kind of reflecting on it and talking to some people and they were like, yeah, you know, it's, you know, it's not, that's not everybody's style. And I knew that going in. And I guess I just, I learned to be a little bit less controlling over the whole thing. And so, and I do think it benefited from it. There's some that really held to that 1950s kind of style. They used those, that same color palette. They use some of those halftone um, screen tones styles, you know, with all the little Bende dots mm-hmm. and some of them took it and just did more of a modern comics approach, which I mean, at first, like if you'd asked me when I first started this project, if that's what I wanted, I would have said no. But now seeing it, I'm like, oh yeah, no, I'm because that's the best thing about doing anthologies is that everybody has some input everybody's voice everybody's style is visible Mm. and is a big Mm. part of it
0: Mm. okay so you wanted to come to me to basically raise awareness for your kickstarter uh so why don't you tell the audience of the history voyager who will hear this as soon as humanly possible so if we play our cards right maybe like in the next uh Basically, as soon as we get off the, the line, um, why don't you tell everybody about the Kickstarter campaign?
1: Um, well, our Kickstarter campaign um, lo- technically it launches on August third, so this is a little ahead of time, but I mean, I think that's important. I've I've done a Kickstarter before, and it didn't; it was unsuccessful, and so this time, you know, we just we we're trying to be plan more ahead, but the Kickstarter, I don't know if a lot of people I found aren't familiar with Kickstarter in general. And so basically mm-hmm. Kickstarter, it's just a crowdfunding platform that um, you submit a project and they either approve you or deny you. And then you, you contribute however much you want. And if it doesn't reach its funding goal, if not enough, if people don't contribute enough money, then it doesn't get funded. And so that's kind of the I mean, if you want to think about it in this way, it's kind of like the best form of it's like a direct form of capitalism if that makes sense I'm not a super political yeah. person but it's kind of like <laughs> if the people want it, it it's going to get made if they don't want it, it if not enough people want it it's not going to happen like that's just and it's, yeah. it's like almost direct market capitalism which is kind of cool but it's also nerve-wracking because you have to have a audience built in and so or you don't have to but it, it really helps and so it also helps to obviously yeah. to get to as many ears as you can But right now, um, all that you can do on the Kickstarter page is you can go to bit.ly slash Fletcher Cross. And that's the shortened link, but it'll take you to the Kickstarter page. And on the Kickstarter page, all you can do right now is click a button that says notify me on launch. And that button just means that as soon as we launch on August 3rd, You'll get an email, it'll, it'll go straight to your email, it'll say, hey, Fletcher Cross the Multiverse Awaits Weights has launched and that way you can get in on some of the early things. Because we have some really high reward tiers that um, you know they do cost more money but they do have some pretty cool rewards. We have some of our great artists who are gonna do personalized sketches. We have, um, for anyone who likes to write or likes to even make comics yeah. or anything like that, even not comics, we'll do it. My co-editor and I, Derek Crowe, we, we're gonna edit some stories for people if they, back that tier so we have a lot of different things going on but the best thing is that there is a early bird reward tier so basically whoever gets if you click notify me on launch and you get that email at whatever time on august 3rd says hey this campaign is launched you click on it you get there you can be one of the first people to get this reward and basically you just get the main book but for a cheaper price but we're only offering that for a limited time so there I mean, not limited time, but a limited number of copies. So I think it's the first, yeah. I'm not sure if it's 50 or hundred or what we ended up choosing, but the first, only the first se- certain amount of people get that reward. So it's really, and it really helps Kix, helps us, it helps our Kickstarter look good to the people who run the business of Kickstarter when it, they see that, hey, there are already 50 people who are intrigued in this thing, even though it's not launched yet and you can't really see much of it. There's still 50 people who are interested in seeing what this ha- what this is going to be, and so it just really helps to have that number um, as high as you can get it.
0: Cool. Um, <clears throat> cool. So, question: um, I have an international audience. I mean, um, not to flex or anything, but
1: <laughs> um, oh geez, sorry, I, I, my microphone fell.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, oh, you're good.
1: I just don't know. If, I don't know if it messed with your sound or anything.
0: Well, it did, but guess what? If we if we both play our cards right, this is. I'm not even gonna cut this for you. Okay. I'm, I'm just gonna. I'm fine I'm with that. Less work for you. I'm gonna literally master it, boost the volume, or boost the volume, master it, and then just like put it on the feed and put it on the social, and let it rip. Awesome. But what I was gonna say is. I have no idea how big my audience actually is as my longtime listeners are aware. I firmly believe my podcast provider is lying to me. Um, but I know for a fact, I, I've recently been number 10 in Ireland. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've charted in Korea, um, places like that. Wow. So places in Europe, um, I know for a fact actually that I have a uh at least one listener in Mexico who's a comic book fan. Okay. Um, that's interestingly. Yeah, uh,
1: are you are you gonna ask if we have any if we're available for international audiences?
0: I am. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like do um, you take other money, like other than dollars, or what yes. do you take?
1: Oh hundred percent. Kickstarter works internationally. So I, I I've backed campaigns from people in um I, I think they're technically in the UK or I don't either Britain, I don't know where they're they're from somewhere in Europe. And so that took pounds. And so it doesn't matter. Kickstarter does the converting for you. So it'll it'll it that's kind of cool, actually, is it'll convert like the goal amount and the amount that they've currently gained and like the reward. It converts everything into whatever you wherever your IP is from, I believe. Excuse me. I believe that's how it works. That wherever your computer is, it te- uses that currency. So it so like if you're in Mexico, yeah, back the project. I will say, unfortunately, it is gonna be a little more expensive if you're an international listener, just because shipping is so expensive. Even for something as small as a book, it's it's so it's expensive. And so that is it is gonna be more expensive. To uh, for an international audience but it's still available and i mean we're trying to we're still trying to work that out and i'm talking to derek tomorrow um i'm gonna see if we can try to work anything out as far as a way to make that work easier but i guess short term short short answer yes we are available but no but i want to preface it by saying it is a little bit pricier okay
0: I mean but it, it I've never participated in Kickstarter ever but I w- I'm willing to help you out because you're an independent creator and I'm an that. independent creator and, you know us independent creators got to stick together you know what I'm saying
1: Oh for sure yeah You
0: <laughs> know what I mean um you know also um would you um would you be willing to hmm, well, I, I need to ask her about that first. I don't want to. I don't want to speak that into the internet. Um, okay, ask me after. Because <laughs> one one thing, once you say something into the internet, if you don't edit it out, it becomes like
1: ah, that's really yeah that yeah really for happened.
0: sure. <laughs> um, so talk to me about your influences, man. Like your your comic influences, your your movie influences, stuff like that.
1: Um, uh, in in, in for this pro well in general or for this project both <laughs> okay um for this i mean honestly i it's kind of weird that this project happened because neither i nor Derek has read a lot of independ- of like those like old 50s, 60s comics i say i haven't read them but okay. i i love the idea of them like doc savage um characters like you know buck rogers um flash gordon uh even for me more a more the only one that i've read who's kind of in the same vein is the character rip hunter which i don't know if you're aware if you know who that is he's kind of a low-key dc hero but basically he has this machine and he time travels and he goes through he just every issue is just him time traveling and then the next issue he's in a new place and he's time traveling in this place and he gets into some adventure in the Mayan times and the next one, he's, you know, wherever else, you know, so it, it, it changes and it's just, there's, there's not really continuity. And I kind of like that. It's like, if you watch like old shows, like the Lone Ranger or um, old, like old Westerns like that, you know, where there's, there's not really any overarching story, but, it's still you still know the character so we wanted to do that but evolve it but um so like i said i don't really have anything specific for this story which is kind of weird how it turned out but um as far as myself um i i think i've always been a big nerd always when i was a kid harry potter um Pokemon, um, Percy Jackson, all those sorts of Star Wars, you know, everything like that was just my jam. Didn't matter what it was, I would just eat it up. I (laughs) love to read. And then I got into comics probably in my I got into it probably in middle school. I was always aware and read here and there, but in middle school is when I got into comics. And then in my freshman years when I got like I started collecting and like realized that comics I wanted to be a comic creator because that's when I realized that it's Francis Maniple and Brian Bucheleto's flash in um, the new 52. And it showed me the comics can be more than just like generic kind of superhero style, house style. And there was more to the artwork and more to the the way things could look. And yeah. so I, as far as influences, definitely the flash um, by Manipal, Francis Maniple, specifically him, Brian Bucheleto's great, but the artist Francis Maniple's, I can't speak highly of him enough. He's the best person. He's he's so creative. Um, yeah. But no, him. I'm just trying to look at my shelf. Um, I mean. <laughs> is it far- my
0: imagination? Or is there some Frank Miller in there somewhere?
1: No, not really. I mean, no? I've read okay. Frank Miller. But I mean, well, have I read Frank? <laughs> I've read Dark Knight Returns. I've read the, his Dark Knight Returns. I haven't read any of his Daredevil. I haven't read much of him of anything else and that's not because I chose to. That's just like yeah. it just hasn't happened for me. Like what about so what about uh, Sin City? Nope. I I tried to watch the movie and I just I couldn't get into it and so I was like, uh uh-huh, I'll read the comic sometime if I feel it. That's like really
0: yeah. weird because especially with the black and white panels.
1: Yeah. I that's I will say really that's really um, weird. Yeah, that's Johnny Cassidy and Chad. Are you talking about the noir one, um, in the mm-hmm. Hotel California? Yeah, um, mm-hmm. that's Johnny Cassidy and Chad Lechuk and Le-duke. I'm not sure I pronounced the name. I never said it out loud. I'm sorry, Chad. But um, <laughs> he um, they, they 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 did that, and so I we really liked how how that one turned out. We've actually gotten several compliments on it, so I I'm really impressed yeah. with it. But no, honestly. I've I've done a little bit myself of my own comics that are kind of in a Sin City. I guess you could well just Sin City in the way that they're colored. You know, there's it's just black, white, and blue yeah. is mine. Yeah, yeah. And so my web comic Outlaw Country. Um, but it's I mean I've never read Sin City. I, like I said I watched tried to watch the movie, fell asleep. But um, <laughs> uh, I mean that's pretty much the only that's the biggest thing for me as far as influences. But like I said, I've always yeah. been a nerdy kid, I always always been into everything like that. So what about
0: uh, books and movies um, as far Um, as your influences?
1: um, Well, actually, one of my favorite books of all time, and it's I do think it definitely had something to do with this story was um, it's a book by Michael Shabon called The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay. And it's um, it's about this kid in um, 1940s New York. Um, I can't remember. His last name's Clay. That's all I remember. But um, I've, I really need to reread it. I haven't read it in probably two or three years. But, and he, so his, his Jewish cousin, like I said, this is the 40s. So his Jewish cousin escapes Poland um, named Cavalier. And so he escapes Poland, comes to New York. And this is right after Superman came out. So they're creating superheroes and they're trying to, and they base it off of their Jewish heritage. And they create this character called the Gollum. And, Mm. all there's all these it's really great and then but at its core it's it's more of a family drama and the superhero the superheroes got me into it that aspect of it and then the story is actually a lot deeper than that because there's you know there's a girl and there's war and it's it's a really touching story and like, like said, their heritage is a big part of it so definitely that but um as far as like I can't think of any movies that have really had an impact on me, but I mean, if you just, just favorite movie, um, I I say hands down, Spider Spider Man into the Spider Verse is, I think one of I I I would put it up there with one of the best movies ever made. Honestly, just I don't know, I just it's it's just so yeah. I can't I can't speak highly of it enough. It's on so many levels, it's just stunning. Absolutely well I mean there's nice.
0: I mean everybody's got influences that they don't everybody who creates things, right? Yeah. Has has influences that they don't know about. I mean For sure. Like for example, um as a podcaster and I'm not saying that, you know, I'm some amazing podcaster or whatever, but I take I'm influenced by Joe Rogan as far as how he if I edit, it's because somebody messed up. Yeah. Either me or usually me. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think editing a podcast is a is a good idea. Because mm-hmm. it's all about it's all about immediacy. This is a medium about immediacy, right? So like, but when I did my deep dive episode, man, I was all about like Dan Carlin, how I dive I dive deep into this disease you know, and and Mm -hmm. figure it out sort of thing, right? Yeah. And also, like, when you think about, I mean, I mean, like, every single every single metal album. So I'm into metal, Mm -hmm. right? I'm into heavy metal. Every single metal album basically has to dialogue with, you know, Ozzy Osbourne Metallica you know like every yeah. film yeah. every film noir movie has to dialogue with with the greats in that genre like like Maltese Falcon things like that Yeah Well that's <laughs> right? that's
1: that's the thing is like I've been talking about that with I can't remember who I was talking to but we were kind of just talking about how everything everything is built on the back. Maybe I heard it on a podcast, but everything is built on something else. Every every music, every, every genre of music is built on something. Like in, in high school, we took a, in AP US history, we, after we were finished in April, we had like two months left. And so our teacher, Mr. Allensworth, every, he did this every year. He would do a history of rock and roll. And so he would he would go back and he'd take us back to like, you know, how it came from, like the blue, how it's influenced by the blues and by country and Western and call and response music that came from and how R&B and jazz Mm -hmm. and all those Mm -hmm. came from like has origins in slavery and how all this stuff is built. And it kind of just played into me how everything is built on something else. And I mean, we you want to talk like every pretty much every comic book is created off the back of Superman everything like it's just it's superman was made well, in 1938 yeah. and so everything came from that before that people there weren't there were other characters like you had dick Tracy. now i don't know if dick Tracy was around but you had other characters but it was more like detective stuff yeah. and things like that superman was the first time that we ever had a character that was just a dude who was really who just uh he was just a superhuman You know, who just had powers, and he did good, and he wore tights. That was the first time we ever had that. And then, you know, everything spun out of that, which the origin of Superman is actually pretty interesting. Like, when you get into how the parallels between his creators, Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster, and, like, they're two Jewish kids who, um, you know, came from... Like I said, they're children of Jewish immigrants, and um, I think it's Joe Shuster. His dad was actually killed... But in a mugging, I believe. And that's kind of the inspiration for why Superman does good and how he fights crime. And so everything <laughs> is based on history. Everything is, but also talk about yeah. people leaving, like having to immigrate from out of fear of, you know, Nazis or whatever fascism was happening in Germany at the time. Superman's a guy mm-hmm. who came from another planet. Like the parallels are there. And so I don't know. I just think it's really interesting. I went off on a tangent there, but um, no, just hey, go hey ahead, Hey, man. I'm
0: I'm giving you a microphone. <laughs> I, I want to help you out. If if you want to talk about that's my thing with these with these interviews or these shows. If you want to talk about tiddlywinks, if it's if it's interesting enough, yeah. I'll put it up there. <laughs> I got you.
1: Yeah, I I wish yeah. I, I I wish I could do more of that on like my <laughs> podcast. I wish I was. I'm just not. I don't know. I need to get more people, a more of a voice, I guess, but, um, no, it's just that whole, I guess, I guess to kind of bring it back. Yeah. Everything is built on something else. So obviously like my influences are, or my work is built on the influences of everything. I think actually, and now that I think about it, I think nowadays it's less of, we're built on content. Like we're, we're not built on as much of, you know, like this this book was written in like Game of Thrones inspired by um, uh, Lord of the Rings. Now it's more of a I at least for me personally, it's more of a I'm inspired by a the creators behind them because now with social media and podcasts, we can hear those creators talk. We can see, we can listen to them, we can watch them on YouTube. We can get more inside their heads. And so that gives us a better idea of Mm -hmm. how to make things like for the anthology for Fletcher Cross, like me and Derek spent a long time breaking down how there has to be, if we want to have a story there, we have, there has to be certain character beats at certain points in the story for the thing to seem contiguous, to seem, you know, like it's one, one cohesive thing. And so I was just kept thinking about, um mark Bernardin, who he's he's a just a, he's a writer an amazing writer check out his book adora in the distance it's on comiXology it's amazing but he just but like i guess it's like listening to your favorite people talk and i imagine it's the same for like musicians and stuff as well like you listen to podcasts about you know if you listen to if you are a musician and you like to play metal And so you listen to some um, whatever podcast out there that covers that almost exclusively or covers a lot of metal. And so you're going to get a lot of input and a lot of things that even if it's not a conscious decision, it's still going to impact you. And I think social media helps with that a lot. I mean, that's just my theory that I just made up five minutes ago. But I mean, I definitely think that social media has some credence.
0: It sounds like a good theory because like – like so, I started my my foray into what I call, you know, this revolution that we live in, where, you know, we just create something in our bedroom and foist it onto the world. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, was I was reading a Rolling Stone article about um, where they interviewed George R. R. Martin, and I mean, I'd seen the first couple of seasons, or the first season or two or whatever of Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and he said like. He based Game of Thrones on the Yorks and the Lancasters in England. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I'm a history nerd. I know all about the Yorks and the Lancasters. And I'm like, I'm automatically going to pick your show back up and watch it. Just because you told me that. Yeah. Like, just because I read that. Or like the show Chernobyl that Craig Mazin did. Mm-hmm. That the Craig Mazin wrote this show called Chernobyl. I only watched that show. I only saw that show because I used to listen to the podcast that he does with uh, John August. And I literally was like listening to this man talk about this process whereby he was shocked to learn that Chernobyl was not a show, had never been done ever. Right. And Mm -hmm. I I listened to his internal process of that. And I thought, that sounds Mm -hmm. interesting. Right. Yeah. I mean, so I think you're totally right.
1: Yeah. Exposure. Yeah. And like, like you were saying, like half of the people who I follow or whose material that I've read, books that I've read comics or otherwise, or, you know, shows that I listen to, it's because I heard them talking on a podcast and now I'm just like, now I will read every single thing that they make just because I've listened to them talk however many times. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I like you. You seem like a cool person. Um, you write cool stuff. And every time it may not be 100% a hit. Like, you know, if I someone I follow might not be making a book that I am super into, like as a concept. But you can bet your ass I'm going to support it. <laughs> because I like them and yeah. I just want to support them.
0: That's kind of like you might know, uh, like... Say like you might know somebody that they they play in a band and you might not like their exact yes kind of music, but you really like them as a human. So you're going to show up to their show.
1: Exactly. Kind of like,
0: yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know, man, I think if you like the Watchmen, uh, I saw, the, I saw some of the incredible Hulk. um, as far as with the lab.
1: Yeah. You know, like the lab. Oh, it's as far as like in the book? Yeah. Yeah. As as in you, yeah. Yeah. I I mean I I that first chapter, um, the multiverse Awaits, it's by an artist, Jay Sheik, and he I still don't know if I'm pronouncing his name either. I haven't heard any of these people's names said out loud. That's the bad thing about Twitter is that I see their names all the time. I have no idea how to say them. But they <laughs> he like that's another situation where like it's not what i envisioned in my brain but it's what it's what came out and it's better for it like mm-hmm. you're right it definitely has some of those incredible hulk vibes but like in my head originally i wanted to go super retro with the design of the lab like you know like like really like just almost dumb sci-fi like like beakers and like the swirly things going around and like just crazy stuff like that like just stuff that like isn't real but like yeah. mad scientist almost. And, but you're, he took it a different way and it's like, I didn't want, and that was, I that was after the point where I kind of realized like, Hey, I don't need to be so controlling. And so I just like, was like, I thought when I first saw his page, I was like, ah, should I say? And I was like, no, let him, he's got a vision. He's going to do his thing. And that's, you know, that's his deal. But I mean, yeah, all those, all the artists in there real definitely have their own, um, artistic influences that i can't honestly can't name like i don't know and they're and their mm. thing is they're also diverse and like as far as who they are and like what they're into it's they're also diverse yeah. that their tastes i know just from a little bit i have talked to all of them like it's all over the place and that's so a it's good more,
0: thing it's more a salad than a than a yeah than a fondue <laughs>
1: yeah yeah it's okay. yeah it's it's yeah exactly but we yeah. still, at least stylistically, it is. But as far yeah. as the story goes, we did try to at least somewhat keep it fondue-esque. I don't know how well that turned out, but that's... Uh, but... I thought it... I could
0: follow. I could okay. follow. Well, good. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, okay. Tell me how you... Tell me about... So how did you encounter these people? How did you... What happened? How did you encounter these people?
1: Um. Well... All sorts of different ways, honestly, but, um, this project we, I put together one anthology before, and I just, for that, I just put out a call to the universe. I just put it out on, um, there's a couple, I put, there's a group on Reddit, um, called comic book collabs. That's great. Um, and there's another, there's a group on discord called the comic jam and the comic jam puts out one page comics every week. They vote on themes and artists and writers are randomly paired up and they just get one page comics and that's what they do. And so I was I was involved with them for a little while. And um, I still am actually I started doing some more lettering for them. But I put it out there, I put it on a couple different groups, a Facebook group for anthologies. And I was just like, Hey, you know, and so this time, the first time I just put it out to whoever wants to be a part of, let's do it. But this time, because it was going to be a little bit more curated, we me and Derek reached out to um, people that we knew people that we knew would do a good job, Um, people Mm -hmm. who we knew we could trust to to listen to what we had to say and who would help us to keep the story on track, but also we knew would tell something good and not just be yes men. And I think we did a good job because, I mean, everybody involved, writers and artists, has been great there's been a couple people who haven't hit deadlines, but I mean, we're it's done. So we, I, I, I can't really complain, I guess, but all over, I guess to answer your question. Yeah.
0: All right. So it was like Reddit and
1: yeah, Reddit. And then um, definitely Twitter as well. I put out for like, for the artists. I was like, Hey, and on Twitter, I don't really, you don't, at least most people tend to not get a lot of, but people who are, not super established in comics don't tend to get a lot of bites um that's just the way it is but that's just that's just because people don't know if they can like trust you or like is this worth putting all my eggs in this basket you know and it's understandable but i think i might have gotten one or two people off of twitter and but i will say a lot of what i or for a few people for our one-pagers that we did i just saw their artwork and i just dm them on twitter or on discord and i was like hey uh do you want to can you do this project for me we'd really appreciate it and gave him a rundown of what it was and luckily i think probably 50 to 75 percent of the people i asked agreed so that's just to goes to show like just if you want someone involved in something you're doing just ask them so
0: you're trying to independently publish this is that
1: yeah, yeah. I'm. I kind of have a. Um, it's not really a publisher. It's more of a imprint or a, uh, collective. I don't know what you want to call it, but it's um, called Foreign Press Comics, and that's where I'm at on all my social medias and ForeignPressComics.com. But it's the email. Okay. Yeah, I'm there. <laughs> yeah. Um. So that was just something that I decided I wanted. I needed a website, and I wanted to put my own comics out there without um having to put them on just post them on social media or do something like that and so all we've done is we have two we have a couple of th- on on Forum press has a couple of things we have my one shot that i published myself i printed it and everything myself um two years ago now no last year um called terminal um i have a couple web comics that I have one's by me, one's um, by Derek, who's also in this anthology, and Eric Carman, and called Natality. And then I have another book by a friend named Ian Vanderwald's called Sleep Sister Sleep. And so it's just, um, so I guess, yeah, we're self-publishing, but uh, the Kickstarter is just to raise funds to um, print the book. And printing can be expensive. But shipping is where the main part is. But yeah, we're self-publishing. It self-publishing is, it's kind of what I want to do. I was having a conversation about it today about with some people on Twitter that, you know, self-publishing independent stuff needs to be the future of the comics industry. Because I mean, the comics industry is not dying. I'm not going to be one of those people. But um, like, it's they less licensure. I don't really know enough to say anything about any of this stuff, but. Independent comics are, I think, the best choice for you because why Mm. should I have to? Some of the shorts, I don't think they're on my website anymore. I need to upload them again. But some of the shorts that I did, um, short comics that I did, were just like, hey, this is a story that I want to tell, that I want to write. And like in my brain, when I first thought, I was like, oh, this would be a really cool Superman story. And then I was just like, hey, I don't have Superman. I'm going to just make up my own character. He's called the champion. Now he's an old guy. Then there's a new one coming along. Like, okay, here's the, here's the character. I made him up. And now here's the thing is I can do whatever the heck I want to do with that guy. I don't have <laughs> to keep following DC. And also even more important, if I ever in the future decide to publish something with him, I can make money off of him. I, mm. I, so I don't get people who, and this is just my personal thing. I just don't understand people who write like extensive fan fiction and stuff like that. Like, just make up your own character. And I'm not the only person who says that either. Like everybody, everything is ripped off. Like, like we talked earlier, first of all, everything's ripped off of somewhere. But, um, y- you know, e- everything, like even if you look at like the 90s at Image Comics, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Image, but in the 90s, um, uh, after death of Superman, there was a big comics boom. And so, um two guys that or a whole bunch of people at Marvel. Um, Todd McFarlane had Spider-Man. It's one of the most famous Spider-Man covers of all time. Um, And then Jim Lee had X-Men one, which was the best selling comic ever. And Rob Liefeld had um, uh, X-Force one, which is the second best selling comic ever. And so those three plus uh, Mark Silvestri and um, uh, um, the guy whose name I'm forgetting who does Savage Dragon, I'm sorry, Um, Eric something. Um, they both, they all decided to go do their own thing at image comics. And, um, mm. I don't remember how I got onto image comics, but now I'm going to continue. No, it's um, like, that's the
0: independent. I, I know it's like there, there used to be two and then there was three yeah. because they created. Well, image that's what comics, I, that's what I was going to say. And, um, it, it started this boom. I, I mean, I'm, I'm old enough to remember Yeah, the comic they, boom in the early, in the early mid nineties, yeah, but well, and I think yeah.
1: some, something that I didn't know until like recently, last couple of years when I watched a documentary on it, those dudes were like famous fame, almost famous. you know, like almost like legit famous, like mm-hmm. had yeah. like, well-known names because they were selling like the biggest things ever. But I think th- I remember the point I was trying to make was that like Mark Silvestri's character sh- was Shadowhawk and like that dude, this looks like almost like a straight ripoff of Batman. Um, Spawn, one of the most like famous characters probably, maybe ever. I don't know about that, but definitely an iconic character um he just looks like spider-man with a cape black suit spider-man with a cape like it's pretty much what he looks like and then they added some spikes to him and stuff but at his core mm-hmm. he just look, he has a spider-man eyes and everything like and that's because the guy who invented him todd mcfarlane was writing spider-man at the time and was making money off of it so mm-hmm. i people like just make up just copy the characters change the costumes change the ideas everybody knows that certain characters are rip offs of other ones like we just we know that but mm. like like Hawkeye, you want like marvel dc hawkeye and green arrow like those came out similar times and like it's obvious that like i'm pretty sure D- green arrow is first but marvel saw like hey they got a dude who shoots a bow and arrow let's do a shoot shoots a bow and arrow so like mm. like we know that those characters are ripped off, but it doesn't mean that you can't still make that character your own.
0: I mean, just because, I mean, okay. Like just because it's a ripoff doesn't mean it's a rip off. Like just because, yeah,
1: exactly. It, as long because as you you're hitting
0: the same note.
1: Well, you know, I think you, you, you have the same, it's like, you have the same base. Like you have the same, like, mm, this is mm. a, like, like, if you want to just go talk, like, like I said, green arrow and Hawkeye like you say as a dude mm. who shoots a bow and arrow and but then you want to get more into it and hawkeye well technically hawkeye was a villain first but you do okay Hawkeye's actually this guy who worked in the circus and he was a villain and then he worked his way up to the avengers and he turned his life around and became a hero and now he's evolved and he's deaf and he's had this whole amazing series by matt fraction where he's lived on the street he's lived in new york and it's just an abandoned apartment building and like has the a, a dog and like and then you have But DC took Green Arrow in the other direction and Green Arrow was rich playboy Oliver Queen who in the 80s was like super hard left wing like ultra liberal dude. My point is that they took those two characters in very different directions even though at their core they're kind of the same thing. So just because you have the same shape as long as you do something interesting with the character Mm -hmm. and make them your own that that's all people care about. Mm. we don't care that it's a rip that it's a rip off. we don't care that somebody ripped off all these people ripped off superman because they differentiated those people and made them different characters like that's all that matters like is that's all you got to do so i just don't mm. i don't know mm.
0: no i get it i get it um well i'm trying to get you out the door
1: no i mean i have i have a little more time
0: <laughs> okay that, and that wasn't because I have I have a thing. It's because you have a thing. So. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, I probably I probably <laughs> I uh, I, uh, I could probably get about ten fifteen more minutes. All
0: right. Again, that wasn't again, ladies and gentlemen of the internet. No, like I said, I will I'm fully
1: disclose. It. I have somewhere to be. I got to get to my All grandpa's right. house. Yeah. All
0: right. Cool. All right, everybody. <laughs> a little bit behind the curtain. Oh, yeah. Um. <laughs> so tell me. Um. Where do you see this going?
1: See what going? The this project your, or your my oh my book? Your, um
0: your 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 anthology, your
1: um your thing. I I I hope it funds. That's one thing I hope I hope it funds. Um I hope we get the money we need. Um it, because if we don't get the money we need, it just it's not going to get made and that really really freaking sucks for, like I said, 20, there's over 20 people involved in this project. So that's 20 people who just, you know, have spent probably the last, I think we started this, started getting scripts in, in January or February. So that's been eight or nine months now that mm-hmm. this process has taken. So that's going to be eight or nine months that people have been working on stories in some fashion, whether it was writing them or drawing them, or just doing layouts or lettering, whatever. It's been a little been nine months of like wasted for a lot of people. And I mean, so I, I really hope it funds. I don't mean that to sound bad. And I, I love all these people and I appreciate every single person who's helped me out with this. But as far as a project, I don't, I thought about it and you've, I'm not going to say anything about the ending, but I think there is with just with the way that the anthology is set up and the fact that it's individual stories, I think that there's still room to tell more, you know, I, I have, I've, more plan more plans not for fletcher specifically but more comic plans in the future that'll involve some more short things and i was thinking like hey that would be a good place i could fit a fletcher cross story in that and so mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. there's room there there's places i could take it that i am excited about yeah. um but i don't Let really me- have any specific what go ahead
0: let me ask you a question and feel free to shout at me and say that's stupid. Have you thought about putting this on Amazon Kindle? Like- um
1: yeah. I I the thing is, um a okay. lot of that stuff is gonna happen after um after the campaign funds and after everything. Ideally right now, the way things are looking and like you said earlier, speaking things out into the internet, hopefully by the hopefully by the end of the year early next year very early next year it'll be it'll be out of our hands we'll have sent the books off and everything but okay. at, after that point yeah I, I I am planning on putting it on um Kindle I'm planning on um selling some of the copies to whatever comic shops I can get into to whatever bookstores I can get it to yeah all those different places yeah because
0: I had uh two different authors uh on you're the third author mm-hmm. I think I think well, no Technically, Okay. You're the third author of fiction. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay.
1: <laughs> You're good.
0: All right. You're the third author of fiction. Yeah. i so strictly fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to bunches of people. Sorry about that folks. Uh, <laughs> long day for yours truly. Um, but they both said, you know, as problematic as Amazon can be at mm-hmm. times, They've had success from the Amazon store. Mm -hmm. Um, There's actually, I might, depending on how much time you have, I might actually give you the guy's Twitter so you can DM him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Actually, like, I really also kind of want to talk to you off air um, about some stuff that people have told me. Okay. Um, So do you have anything you want to say to the World Wide Web?
1: Um, I just go, go to, I'm going to give you, give you the link so you can post it wherever you post or in the show notes. Maybe I don't know where you're going to put it, but
0: I'm here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put it in the show notes. I'm going to, you know what? I can prove I get listeners from Instagram. Okay. So here's what, this is so, okay, folks, I don't like Instagram. I really don't. It's annoying, but people come to my show from it so what i'll do is i'll take a screen capture of it and put it <laughs> okay put it on instagram yeah that'll be great and
1: yeah so, so you I, mean, you don't, you don't have to but wherever you're gonna no, post no, no no no
0: no no it's not i'll help you out <laughs> okay it's not I, I hate instagram but i don't
1: yeah whatever yeah well it's um the the link for the book like i said earlier it's bit.ly that's b-i-t dot l-y slash fletcher cross f-l-e-t-c-h-e-r-c-r-o-s-s um but you can also go to kickstarter.com and look up fletcher cross you can find it through there you can find it on all of my social media places you can find it on uh, me on twitter at f press comics you can find me on instagram at foreign press comics and Um, i'll tell you
0: what if you give me if you give me all that i swear to god I will throw it in the description, take a screen capture, put it on Instagram. And once it goes on Instagram, it goes on the Facebook. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah.
1: No, you're good. <laughs> like I said, I will, yeah. I will send you those links to everything. But I mean, that's all I want to say is just, you know, if anybody hears this and is it all interested at this point, assuming this does come out, even with by this, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Even by Friday, if this comes out by Friday, that's still going to be at least two weeks before the campaign launches. So we're not asking for money yet, and that's what I was—I've been telling people on Facebook and everywhere else. Like, we don't—we're not asking for money at this point. All we're asking you to do is to just click the button that says "Notify Me on Launch," put in your email, and you can do it as a guest. You don't have to make a whole account for it. I believe. Don't quote me on that, but just click notify me on launch and then you'll get an email when we launch at that point. Yeah. I'd really appreciate it if you guys would put 20, 25 bucks in, but if you don't, that's fine. I still appreciate the following. How much? Well, go ahead.
0: Do you mind telling me how much money you need? Um,
1: $6,000. Okay. I just had, I I was the only reason I was hesitant about saying is because I haven't really put it out publicly yet, but, um, and i you can you don't have to edit that out. I'm fine with it. But um it's I thought about that. I, I I did a quick thought I thought through it in my head real quick. But um no, it's it's fine. Um it's I think it's it's definitely doable. It's it's is gonna take some work, but I mean, like I said, like I said earlier, there's a lot of different reward tiers. I mean, if you want a print, if you want um the if you just want the book, you can also, if you wanna be really nice, you can go in there and make your pledge to and not get anything out of it. If you just want to say, Hey, I like how that guy sounds. I like his weird sounding voice. You can go in there and just put in a pledge for $50 and not get a book out of it. Like I don't, I don't care, but at the very least, just follow it. Following it takes absolutely nothing and it can change so much. All right.
0: uh, Kyler, uh, thank you so much for coming on the history Voyager. Um, And also, Uh, as always folks i'm having a great day and i hope you are too okay i'll see you folks later bye bye